Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. One night a house caught fire and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below him with outstretched arms, calling to his son, jump, I'll catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see, though, was flames, smoke, and blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept imploring down below, jump, jump, I'll catch you. But the boy protested, dad, I can't see you. The father replied, but I can see you. And that's all that matters. And the boy jumped and fell into his father's arms. Romans teaches us that we are justified by faith alone. We are called to faith, to trust that God's word is truth, to trust that Christ paid for all of our sins at the cross, that he died for us and that he rose again. When we take that step of faith to save our soul, From the fires of God's eternal judgment, we are caught by our Heavenly Father, and we are safe in Christ. Romans 4, 1-5 reads, What shall we say then, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Paul begins this chapter with a rhetorical question. What then shall we say? He asked what his readers could learn from the biblical record of Abraham's example. Abraham was clearly an example of a justified man in God's sight, So Paul uses him as an example to determine the basis of his justification. Paul then posed a hypothetical condition he knew to be false, but he assumed it to be true for the sake of examination. For if Abraham were justified by works, or was Abraham declared righteous by God based on what he did or by his good works? Paul said that if this were true, the logical conclusion would be that he'd have something to boast about. He would have the right to praise his own accomplishment. He could pat himself on the back for earning a righteous standing before God. He would have something to boast about to others because he would have earned his own salvation. But Abraham had no ground for boasting before God because he received justification by faith, not by works. And Paul then demonstrates that from Scripture. He writes, For what saith the Scripture? And that is always the question when it comes to any issue and in determining truth. What does the Scripture say? The Word of God is truth. We must always look to the Scriptures. It is our authority in all matters of faith and practice. Paul wrote in Romans 10.17, Faith cometh by hearing, 
and hearing by the Word of God. The Word is the basis for our faith. Faith is confidence in the trustworthiness of God. It is the conviction that what God says in His Word is true. The revelation from God in His Word is the foundation for our faith. Paul appealed to Scripture here, and he quotes Genesis 15.6. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What Abraham believed is in Genesis 15.5, the previous verse in Genesis. And it says, And he, that is the Lord, brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Abraham and Sarah had no children. Sarah was barren. Abraham was now in his 80s. Sarah, his wife, was in her 70s. And God tells Abraham, Look up to heaven. See if you could count the stars. That's how huge your posterity will be. And though that might have seemed impossible... Abraham believed the Lord. Abraham simply believed what God had told him. He believed that God was willing and able to fulfill what he had said and promised him. So Abraham did the one thing that a person can do without doing anything. He believed God. And on no other basis, God imputed his righteousness to Abraham's account. In other words, Abraham was justified By faith alone. Works had nothing to do with Abraham receiving righteousness. He did not earn it. He did not deserve it. Believing the faithful God, the honor and glory was God's where it belongs, and God was pleased. And God responded to Abraham's faith in him by crediting his spiritual bank account with his righteousness. What was true regarding Abraham's faith in being righteous before God is true in regard to our faith and us being righteous before God. That it's not by works, that it's by faith alone. In our witness for the Lord, verses 4 and 5 are good verses to commit to memory because they state what most people don't typically think about how to be saved. Most believe that the way to be right before God is to be good, to earn it, to work for it by doing good things. These verses say something completely different. In verse 4, Paul says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. When a person works at their job and they receive their paycheck, they are entitled to their wages. They have earned them. You work for it. And you have a right to expect whatever you have coming based on an agreed-upon salary with your employer. And the employer is indebted to pay their employees for their work. No one goes to their employer after receiving their paycheck and thanked him or her for that gracious gift of money and, or protested that they did not deserve it. Instead, as we all do, we take that check, we go home knowing that we earned it, that we are reimbursed for our time and for our labor. Many want to believe it's that way for salvation, that you work for it, you earn it, you get what's coming to you. 
that salvation is a reward. But that is not the way it is in salvation. It is not the way we receive the righteousness of God. It is the complete opposite way. It is to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. No one receives salvation and God's righteousness by working for it. It is given to the person that worketh not. We have nothing to offer God in our unrighteous state. And God's righteousness cannot be earned. It's not something you work for and then then God owes it to you. It's something that you receive by faith alone in Christ. Work yields wages that the person working deserves or earns. Faith receives a gift that the person believing does not deserve and does not earn. To have God's righteousness imputed to our account, to be justified, to be declared righteous by God, we simply believe on Him that justifieth the ungodly. We trust the Lord. We take God at His word. We place our faith in Him when He says that Christ died for our sins and rose again, and that trusting this, we are righteous before God. We trust God, we trust His good news, and we are justified and declared eternally righteous by God. We also trust God's Word when it says that God justifies not the godly, not the good, but that He justifies the ungodly by their faith in Him. Romans 3 tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Thus, all of us are ungodly and unrighteous. We are all sinners. All of us are undeserving. We are justified by grace as a gift through faith that we receive it. God justifies the ungodly because there are no godly for Him to justify. All are ungodly in His sight. But He justifies any who believe in Him in their ungodly state. So that tells us that you don't need to clean up your act first. That you don't repent and turn from your sins in order to be saved. That you just come as you are, as an ungodly sinner, and you throw yourself on the grace and mercy of God, and you just believe Him. You just trust Christ as your Savior, and that's it. Salvation is a gift of the grace of God. You receive His gift of righteousness by faith and faith alone. Abraham was justified not because he worked for it, but because he trusted God and his faith was counted unto him for righteousness. Paul tells us that's the way it is for us. We don't work for it. We just believe on God, that God justifies the ungodly and our faith is counted for righteousness. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Romans is a hardcover 452-page verse-by-verse commentary written by Pastor Cornelius R. Stan. Paul's epistle to the Romans is one of the most profound 
yet one of the most enlightening books of the Bible, indeed of all literature. Nowhere else in the Bible do we find the great doctrines of the Christian faith set forth so completely or systematically. Thus, we wholeheartedly agree with the statement, the Book of Romans is the Bible within the Bible. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Romans 4, 17-22 read, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. In this section, you find many strong, beautiful biblical statements and definitions about faith. Regarding the fact that Abraham and Sarah were aged, and Sarah was barren, and they had no children, Abraham, I love how that's put, against hope, believed in hope that Sarah would give birth. Now in verse 17, Abraham's faith was based in God who told him that he would be a father of many nations. He believed in God, who is defined as the one who quickeneth or gives life to the dead, and who calleth those things which be not as though they were. Abraham trusted God that he would become the father of many nations, that God was able to give life to the deadness of Sarah's womb, as it says there, and that the things which had not happened yet would take place. Now think about that in relation to you and me and our salvation. God gives life, he quickeneth the dead. We trust the one, as verse 24 says later, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. We place our faith in the God of the resurrection and that Christ is risen from the dead in order to be saved. And Ephesians 2.1 tells us that we are dead in trespasses and sins outside of Christ. But we trust that God quickens the dead. He gives life to the dead. Ephesians 2.5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. When we trust that Christ died for our sins and rose again, we are made alive. 
given spiritual eternal life by God who quickens the dead. God told Abraham he would be the father of many nations. Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. Abraham placed his hope in the supernatural power of God to accomplish what was hopeless by any normal natural means. From a human vantage point, there was no hope of Abraham ever having a child at his and Sarah's age. Abraham's faith was both contrary to hope, as far as the normal natural course of things could give hope, and he rested on hope that God could and would overrule the normal natural course of things and do what he had promised. And this gave him true hope. So far as the normal, everyday course of things go, our faith, too, is against hope, yet we believe in hope. We trust that Christ died on the cross and that he was buried, and he was laid in that tomb. And against hope, we believe in hope, and we trust God's word that says Christ rose again the third day, triumphant over sin and death, giving us the sure hope of our eternal life and our own resurrection one day. By faith, against hope, we believe in hope that God overruled the normal natural course of things and did exactly what He said in His Word, and Christ rose from the dead, and by faith, we believe it. In verse 19, Paul wrote, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that Abraham was not weak in faith. And believe it or not, that's really encouraging. Because when you read the account of Abraham in Genesis, you see examples of Abraham's faith being a little shaky and a little bit wobbly. Both Abraham and Sarah laughed at different times at God's promise. Instead of of waiting on God, Abraham and Sarah decided to use Abraham's handmade Hagar to accomplish the promise. From our perspective, as you read it, Abraham and Sarah wavered along the way with their faith in God's promise. Yet Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said that Abraham was not weak in faith, and that he did not doubt, he did not waver in faith. God saw the overall picture of his faith. Being not weak in faith does not mean that Abraham never had momentary hesitations or occasional setbacks, but that he avoided a deep-seated, permanent distrust in God and His promise. And that's where the encouraging part is. Because if we're all honest, we all have moments of doubt, uncertainty, and distrust, like Abraham. We all at times feel like that man in the Gospels who told the Lord, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. But God saw Abraham's faith in the overall sense and declared Abraham not weak in faith. He was not weak in faith when he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He believed in God who quickens the dead, verse 17. He believed that God could overcome and give life to the deadness of his body at 100 years of age to be able to produce a child and to overcome the deadness of Sarah's womb. From a reproductive point of view, both of them were dead. 
Humanly speaking, it was impossible. But Abraham had faith. He believed that nothing was too hard for God. And in verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And there's another good definition of faith. To stagger not at the promise of God. The apparent impossibility of the promise didn't stagger Abraham. didn't cause him to hesitate or withdraw or pull away from God in unbelief. He would not be moved. For Abraham, the only impossibility was that God could ever lie. That's the only impossibility that we trust and know as well. The word staggered means to waver or dispute between two opinions. He didn't continually waver between two opinions in his mind, such as, yes, God can do it, or maybe God can't do it. Instead, Abraham was strong in faith. It's been said that the steps of faith fall upon the seeming void and find the rock beneath. As our faith is in God and in His Word, our steps find the rock beneath our feet. God is faithful. Everything He has promised to us and to the body of Christ in His Word is sure, it's true, and it will take place just as He said. Like Abraham, we should be strong in faith in Him, and we should grow in our faith in Him by His Word so that our faith becomes increasingly stronger. Faith pleases God. Faith glorifies God. Abraham's faith honored God as the one who could be depended on to fulfill his word in spite of any and all obstacles. All who place their faith in God and his word do honor to him. Like Abraham, by our faith we bear testimony to God that he is worthy of our confidence and we affirm his trustworthy character. And this glorifies God. God is always pleased to find a person who will take him at his word. And when we trust him and we trust his word and live by it, our lives will be transformed by his grace through our faith. Verse 21 is my favorite definition of faith. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Faith is being fully persuaded, entirely convinced, having conviction with all of your being that what God has promised, He will perform. And He performs it because He is able, more than able. Abraham did not know exactly how God would fulfill His word, but that did not matter. He just trusted that God was fully able to do what he had promised. God's promise was certain and his power was sufficient. And so Abraham believed God. The story's told about old Uncle Oscar in his first airplane ride. Knowing that he had been somewhat apprehensive about it, his friends were eager to hear how it went. At the first opportunity, they asked him if he enjoyed the flight. And he said, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. But I'll tell you this, I never did put all my weight down. God's word is the surest thing in the universe. There is no sure thing to trust. 
Our faith is assured by the God, the faithful God who wrote it. We can put all of our weight down on God's Word and trust God and rest completely upon Him and upon His performance of what He has promised us. Romans 4, 23-25 read, Now it was not written for His sake alone that it was imputed to Him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now Paul comes to the application of Abraham's faith for us, the body of Christ. The account of Abraham was not written for his sake alone, Paul says, but for us also. Later in this same book, Paul wrote that the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. Abraham's example is for our learning. His testimony teaches us about faith and receiving God's righteousness by faith alone. There are parallels between Abraham and how he had God's righteousness imputed to him, and us today under grace, and how we have God's righteousness imputed to us. Like Abraham, the object of our faith is God, God himself. In verse 3, Abraham believed God. Likewise, we are called, as verse 24 says, to believe on him. Abraham believed God's word. We are called to believe God's word. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And he was justified by faith alone. Likewise, we believe God, and it is counted to us for righteousness, and we are justified by faith alone. In verse 17, Abraham believed God who quickeneth the dead. He believed in God who can give life to the dead. In other words, that God could give life to the deadness of his body in Sarah's dead womb and give them a child. But for us also, Paul says, righteousness will be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. Abraham placed his hope in the power of God to accomplish what was hopeless by any normal, natural hope or means. Likewise, we against hope believe in hope. The hope of our salvation is like that. We place our hope in the power of God to save us from all of our sins, to accomplish for us what we could never do ourselves. We are hopeless. We are helpless outside of Christ. We can't save ourselves. We cannot bridge the gap of sin that separates us from God or ever take away our sins. But we stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief. We are fully persuaded that what God has promised, He is able also to perform. And God has told us that we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. By faith alone in Christ, trusting His sacrifice for our sins, and that He rose again the third day, God takes our sins away from all of our sins and have a right standing with God forever. Against hope, we believe in hope. Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. 
The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.